0: Malcolm Honline is vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline welcome back to JM and the AM.
1: Thank you. Good to be with you again.
0: Appreciate that very much. Um, boy, so much this week, and we will talk about, obviously, uh, the collective pain that the Jewish world has suffered through the uh, horrific terror attack. We'll get to all of that coming up. I need your immediate reaction to some of the things that have been making news over the last day or so. For instance, the um, ID members of the idea Arab members of the IDF who are on video uh, cursing Israel and um, certainly uh, <laughs> exhibiting behavior not worthy of an Israeli soldier. What's your reaction to that video going viral?
1: Well, it is horrific to see it, to to hear what they had to say and to, um, you know, the the fact that so many others uh, saw it. They have been suspended three already, or all four, I think, are in the brig. They did and will, uh, I think, pay a heavy price for it and getting a, a, uh, you know, being discharged after they serve served their prison terms. Um, but, you know, sometimes these are kids and maybe it's a youthful prank. Maybe they didn't think about the consequences of it. But the damage that it did is very great. And I think, uh, you know, we, we will only know in the, in the future about what, what the real impact of it was.
0: Yeah, and then, of course, the big question... Uh, Is this an isolated episode? Is it a few soldiers? Is it a small group? As you said, it could be a prank. Or is this something uh, that is really common? Is it a common thread among hundreds or even more soldiers? And there's something to fear. And then, of course, the next level, obviously, you know, one worries about uh, the actual enemy infiltrating the army. I'm assuming no answers to any of these until this investigation is complete and until the whole matter is investigated
1: further, right? I doubt that the uh, we'll get to a conclusion on some of the things that you raised. These are all legitimate questions and ones that obviously uh, are on people's minds. Uh, the, the There was no evidence of this being a broader uh, conspiracy, but it will be thoroughly checked. the uh, the questions uh, regarding the broader implications. I don't know that um, you've seen the statistics that more Arabs are signing up for service, military service. And it's not the most popular thing for them to do in in many of their home communities. And yet there's an, an increased number. It's been consistently rising. So we have to look at this in that context as well. Right. And wait for whatever evidence comes forward.
0: And we've gone out of our way, and I don't mean we; I mean we, the Jewish people, rightfully so, have gone out of our way to praise those Arabs that have joined the IDF and praise those, and there are many of them. You've described them to us over the years who are loyal uh, to Israel and certainly to the army and to the mission, and and certainly uh, are, are, are have it, have public safety uh, of Israelis. You know, at the uh, at their um, you know utmost on their minds and through their actions. So. Uh, you know, generally speaking, we, we applaud this group. And here, of course, you know, it just brings the the whole morale of that whole situation is just, uh, uh, you know, the, the air is let out of the balloon when you see a video like that. Hopefully it is an isolated situation and nothing more. Uh, well, the terror attack in Ali, in Ali, and this is one that, um, again, because of so many people knowing so many or related to so many that knew, People or the parents of those who were killed in this attack, it it, it hit even closer to home for Jews around the world. No question about it. And, And we saw the reaction. And I know that you have a you have a certain uh, line of uh, presentation when it comes to how how you know Jews react when they take matters into their own hands after attacks like this. We're, we're now at, according to a stat that I saw that was attributed to the Shin Bet. You could tell me if this is right or wrong. 147 terror attacks this year. I'm talking about 2023. 147 terror attacks of this type shootings, et cetera, that have taken place already this year. 375 shooting slash other types of attacks foiled this year by intelligence services and the IDF. Um, what can you tell us about this one this week in L.E.? Well, first
1: of all, it's so tragic, and the idea that the 17-year-old kids and adults who simply wanted to get something to eat, stop at a gas station and... This attack takes place so far. There's still no evidence whether this was part of a broader conspiracy or a lone uh, shooter. I I don't believe that uh, the lone wolf theory really is true, that there is always some influence, somebody, something that drives somebody to take this kind of horrific action. It doesn't mean that he was part of a gang, but it does mean that somebody uh, uh, put this extremist action is horrific action into his head the uh, and again i know this is being thoroughly checked and every association is being checked uh, in israel but the the concern i think and the lack and the breakdown of confidence and the you know the the series the fact that you've had one after another in the last few months you know undermines people's confidence and that's to me a great danger uh in, in israel that people have to have confidence that that the, the security who who foiled the incidents that you mentioned right. uh are are each one of them is a miracle that you were able to prevent it i know people make comments about it and assessments you have to think of what israel faces and what how anybody can just steal a gun or do something and and run out and kill people or shoot people. So the fact that they prevent as many as they do. But I don't think the statistics are that shocking compared to other years. And I think uh, if you look at it in um, the broader um, spread of of, uh, how terrorism, they've done a remarkable job in addressing the terrorism in, in dealing with it but when hamas is now investing so much with iranian backing and bottom line is it comes back to iran again that the the uh the ability to smuggle in weapons remember the jordanian official that was caught yeah. smuggling 70 guns and other uh, equipment and we know that he that jordan is being used as a base to smuggle uh, large amounts of weapons israel catches them and most of it but obviously stuff gets through and sometimes even have uh, guns that are stolen from army bases uh, but the fact is that that they are able to to uh, thwart so many of the attacks and uh, you know the criticism is easy to make and, and I know within the Israeli political realm, obviously, everything becomes then a political football. But it's uh, we have to also recognize the the uh, the number of incidents. And I've reported on this in the past because people don't know uh, the true numbers of, of incidents. And uh, um, um, the PA itself acknowledged 2,200 incidents last year that uh, uh, originated in, in their areas. Right. So
0: you know. Well, in the categories that the Shin Bet's talking about, in the, in, in the stats that I saw, if in fact, you know, it is 375 foiled and 147 quote-unquote successful, we're talking about multiple times per day, multiple times per day that an attack is being planned uh, against the Israeli people by the enemy. And that's a that's a you know we talk about how difficult it is to le- live in that neighborhood in that part of the world. That's a, that's something we have to consider that our brothers and sisters are going through on a daily basis. The threat is there and it's real. I mean these these are multiple attacks being planned every single day. Now I know your your reaction, not a criticism. I get it that you know there's certain things you have to say and certain things you have to not say when it comes to residents of Judea and Samaria taking matters into their own hands. But you know, Malcolm, when when you get the impression that the enemy, you know, only understands one language, it, I don't know if you could blame people wholly for uh, or wholly blame people for uh, you know the, the actions of going and, and setting cars afire and infiltrating Arab villages. You know, th- there's a level of frustration there, li- and I'm not saying every single person living in that village is happy that the that the, the enemy carried out this attack against innocent people. I'm not going to suggest that. But to a degree, I have to understand the frustration among the uh, residents of that area.
1: Well, certainly, it's not just amongst the residents, amongst people uh, at large who who are frustrated. But look at the statistics, look at the incitement that continues, that pay to slay has been allowed to to go on. Um, And when you look at the the, the studies that are being done, even just in the last uh, couple of days... Uh, I think they said two thirds of Palestinians said Israel won't have a hundredth anniversary, and, um, and and I think seventy some percent said that they favor forming armed groups like the Lions Den Group, which don't take orders from the PA but operate independently. And of course, as I said, you know we're seeing greater efforts to organize, and that it, by Hamas and by others by Islamic Jihad, which leads to more competition, also. With the PA, and then people try to out radicalize uh, one another. Uh, almost everyone says that PA doesn't have the right to arrest those who are in the armed groups to prevent them from attacking uh, Israel. Right. I saw other numbers that are are of um, of such concern that uh, you you see the um, you know there's dissatisfaction with their own government. Eighty percent want Abbas. Uh, to leave and and i think 17 percent of proof of it of what he's doing but more than half said that they expect a third intifada that they, that these things will escalate uh in in the future but this is down from two-thirds uh, about just a few months ago so while the statistic isn't good it doesn't necessarily indicate, you know, some sort of an overwhelming wave that's going to come across. Clearly, young people and others are being motivated, are being uh, incited to to carry this out, and and the support for a two state solution is dropping all, all the time, meaning support for an Israeli state. Uh, and that you see, Ismail Meir would get a third of the vote. Uh, uh, yeah, Abbas would get about a third of the vote and Khania would get two-thirds of the vote if they had a race against each other. That tells me a lot.
0: He is, is what? Hamas is Bala? Who is he? Khania is the Hamas leader. Hamas. Hamas would get two-thirds and the quote-unquote moderate
1: PA. In a presidential election.
0: Right, and the moderate PA, and I use the word moderate it's, it's, in quotation yeah, marks.
1: Very big quotation marks. <laughs> it's Martin, they would only it's, get a third of the vote. Did you see his remarks in China? You see that you know when they keep saying the moderate, there's nothing moderate about him or his behavior. And the behavior, then he always you know cries that he has to do it because he's being outflanked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. No, if he would show real leadership, a lot of this would not have It would not be.
0: Speaking of reaction, by the way, you know there was a time when an attack like this in Italy took place, and reaction from from Jewish leaders, religious Jewish leaders, non-Jewish leaders, governmental leaders, would be immediate. I mean, you know, there was a time when U.S. senators, especially those from states that uh, have large Jewish populations, people who care about Israel, would be out there with statements and outrage and, you know, and how on earth, you know, can can someone just go and do this to innocent people? There's no reaction. There's nothing. (laughs) On this side of the world, if not for, you know, if you're not following Israeli media or media that comes, you know, reports that come from Israel, one wouldn't even know about an attack like this. And that's so troubling to me that we're sort of, you know, become numb to all of this. And there's no uh, reaction on, on any level like we used to have. Am I, I'm not crazy when I say 20, 25 years ago an attack like this would have generated a tremendous response from other parts of the world, right?
1: It, it might have generated some response, never overwhelming. I don't think that there, there is a big change in this regard. uh, It is true. Uh, My more concern uh, uh, to the reaction is the fact that Jews become accustomed to it and don't react to it in the same way, let alone what the non-Jewish world's uh, reaction is. And I think, you know, to me, the fact that pay to slay is allowed to continue, and yet we're giving money now to UNRWA again. We're giving money. The PA gets some funding again. That it tells me that that we we are, we break down all the barriers, all the disincentives. And by the way, it applies to money that we're giving to Iran now also. And we can all make all the excuses in the world, but the fact is that they are continuing in in to set the stage and the and the standard by the pay to slave program. Three hundred million or more from the Palestinian Authority's money goes to that, and and we're now. Watering down the punishment and the deductions and finding all sorts of excuses to get around it. When the only way that works is an absolute confrontation with it. And, and you know, Abbas stops getting away with uh, every excuse under the sun. It's, it's uh, and the global reaction is unfortunately not surprising at all.
0: You know, you, you just you hit on something that that really uh, is a great suggestion. We really do need a united Jew, non Jew, political leader, religious leader. We need a united front against pay to slay. If we can make that a major issue and you know bring to you know different people in government and in you know in high profile people, celebrities, etc. In this country, uh, you know th- this whole idea that pay to sleigh is going on that might resonate with people that might be a really good idea to have a united front to try to eliminate or at least have the u.s pressure to eliminate this pay to sleigh custom that goes on there
1: amongst the enemy well, we tried and and every once in a while you get a congressional resolution you get some action you know certainly the taylor force law etc that that speaks up to it. You have uh, uh, periodically a European leader that will condemn it and talk about the, the um, how horrific pay to slay is. But the bottom line is even the United States government is not taking sufficient action, even though it is official American right. policy and right. the law in the
0: United States. Yeah, we need a celebrity. We need a celebrity to, 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 to take this upon themselves. Uh, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. rather the world, the web, and and the Single Network, and of course, any beloved NSN app, Malcolm Holmline, Vice Chairman, Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. By the way, did you see this um, revelation uh, through, doc- I think it was through documents that were released that... Uh, 23 years ago, most of Jerusalem was, you know, ready to be given away by Barack and this deal that President Clinton brokered, including the Temple Mount and sovereignty over, you know, over the majority of Jerusalem, meaning by the PA over the majority of Jerusalem. I thought all that was known at that time. Was there any new revelation that you learned from from these discoveries?
1: Well, I did know it because I was involved in trying to fight it and we thwarted an action at the United Nations only because a European diplomat at a meeting with us said, of course, you know, that on Friday we are voting on a resolution that would have essentially put all of what they call the Holy Basin under UN Security Council control. And the American ambassador, Richard Holbrook, to whom I went with this information and was not aware of it. It had been negotiated at a very different level, called the president of the United States, who said he didn't know in my presence, and called the secretary of state. And they said, speak to the Israelis We called the prime minister of Israel. He said he didn't know. We then went to the foreign minister of Israel and he didn't know. And well, of course said, well, they knew. Uh, Bar- no, Bar- Barack was. Now, yeah. but this is not the Barack consent. This is separate. I'm saying to you that this is not the first time we faced this choice, this decisions. But they were prepared and had this guy not been a yenta, which we we knew for a long time, and tipped us off and assumed that we knew and kept saying to me, as you know, and of course we made like we knew and got him to tell us the rest of the story. Uh, we were able to move uh, quickly, and Richard Holmbrook did heroic things, And but when we when he confronted the foreign minister of Israel, he reamed him, I mean, he screamed on the phone, and said everything I said to him, that all of Jewish history will judge you, everything, everything and by quarter to nine on Friday morning for the nine o'clock vote, it was pulled. But it wasn't because everybody knew. It's because you can work behind the scenes. In Barack's case, Barack was behind it. And Ulmer supported these kinds of resolutions, which would have put the Holy Basin under international control, which means that we would have lost access to it. It means that every time we do an excavation, you would have been in violation. So people don't even understand how significant that, what that would have meant. Essentially, it would have divided Yushalayim and kept us away from uh, our sites so look at look at the limitations that are on us at the at the Harabite now. think of what that would have been so this is unrelated
0: timeline wise timeline wise this is uh, unrelated to Barack ready to give up the majority of Jerusalem, sovereignty uh, of, of, of the P.A. over the Temple Mount, and he lucked out that Yasser Arafat rejected the deal. This, is, this what you just described, is not, is not related, is a different episode than the one I just described. A
1: yeah, a separate episode, and, but there were many other attempts. And there are many, unfortunately, in our community uh, who were funding these efforts, who were um, encouraging it. And, and I, can tell you, I can't tell tell you how many sleepless nights I had because we didn't want to make it a public fight because then you would have lined up much more support and lined up others and we killed it by, by working and, then, and, and day and night. But I, I always wanted to cite, uh, because Holbrook has been criticized people don't know the true story of, of what he did and how sometimes it was a diplomat. Uh, at the un or a president i know president bush uh, second um when these issues came up was was very adamant about it but he he didn't necessarily know what his own secretary of state was agreeing to and not just he but other presidents as well and only by calling it to their attention and and it's got shared, that we found out sometimes what was going wow. on. By share,
0: we're lucky that God's watching over us, frankly. Because otherwise, uh, you know, uh, you better believe it. <laughs> yeah, if it was up to, unfortunately, it was up to the Jewish people. We would have given up Jerusalem now on multiple occasions. This epi- I'm glad they, this, they released this report. It reminds us about what Jewish leadership was ready to do. Thank God. Thank God that he's watching over us. I'll tell you. Uh, you know, he, he, thank God he's pulling the strings uh, uh, ultimately. Otherwise, I don't know where would we be. What does it mean that Hezbollah has a military presence inside Israel
1: now? Well, they, they've had it, uh, but there's a competition going on now, and you see the efforts by Hamas to increase their presence, Palestinian Islamic Jihad to increase their presence. It's partially the, the weakness of the PA that encourages them uh, in this regard, I'm sure Iran is pushing them and providing the funds and, and weapons for them to do this. Uh, this is, uh, but you saw Hamas has, has grown in Lebanon first. And now in in this area, so Hezbollah maybe wants to compete with them by coming into into Yudah and Shumrong. But it's obviously very disturbing and uh, not something that you you should be dismissed. This is not, you know, tea clubs that are being organized. When Hamas or Hezbollah organize, their goal ultimately is is a very dangerous one.
0: Am I justified in being frustrated when UAE public officials meet with Iranian foreign ministers? Uh, I don't know. I, I seem to think that the UAE has demonstrated that, they, you know, what, what's, what side of the, of the issue they're on. Why on earth would they have uh, diplomatic discussions with Iran?
1: Because self-preservation is a very strong motivation. And each of the countries, Saudi Arabia, uh, uh, likewise, their foreign minister was in, in Iran this week. As you know, the leaders of Hamas and Islam Jihad were in Iran because they thought they were going to be able to attend the, the you know, big opening ceremony for the uh, Iranian embassy. But the fundamental divisions still remain. We should not think that this is, uh, you know, all of a sudden all the plates have shifted. The Sunni Shiite. The vibe remains. The 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 um, concern about Iran's policies remain. They they remain supporters of Houthis in Yemen against Saudi Arabia and UAE interests. Unfortunately, the other side, the UAE versus Saudi Arabia, UAE versus others, and the uh, that we don't have a united front in in the same way. And and a lot of what you're seeing is really a messaging to the United States because they're angry that the United States. Uh, presence seems to be diminished, and America had made clear that its emphasis would be on the South China, the, the sea, and the uh, you know, uh, tried to counter Chinese expansionism or threats, but the, the symbolism of uh, at when the ships came under attack, when UAE ships came under attack by Iran, and there was no American presence to respond, later on, and a week later, when they attacked it, the two American ships came and yeah. did uh, did free them, uh, so you know we have circles within circles. This stuff is so complicated to understand, and you if have he, to know to he, read he, the he, lines. But on some is that it's not, uh, you know, what when when Saudi Arabia and Qatar and everybody else is doing. You see, Bahrain is always the last to come into any of this, but they're coming into too with the uh, going to establish diplomatic relations because everybody's doing it.
0: So it's sort of a punishment to the U.S. for not reacting quickly when uh, the UAE had was was given trouble by Iran.
1: Well, that's why the UAE pulled out of the naval coalition, I right. believe, And now Iran is right. forming its own naval coalition, which I warned about a couple of weeks ago on, on uh, with you and uh, said that they were uh, that they were forming this thing in the north and Persian Gulf. But you see, other countries are joining. And that's a a great concern. And the more that Iran gets accepted, the fact that the United States is uh, working on deals with them and trying to bypass Congress and not have these deals come before Congress, which is, I think, outrageous. Uh, The fact that we're we're seeing the release of money from uh, that Iraq has billions of dollars to Iran, supposedly to pay for their energy, the energy that Iraq bought from Iran but never paid for the money was kept in escrow there but we're talking about a much larger amount that's really in iraqi hands it's probably seven billion ten billion that's in south korea another seven billion that's in the imf the international monetary fund so none of the money would come from the united states but in the meantime iran could again get a windfall of 20 billion dollars in cash and we know that cash is the is the uh, you know the lifeblood for their terrorism and for the their ability to continue to support Hezbollah and that's why some of the leaders were there because they know that a couple billion dollars were released and they went to get their handouts their payoffs from uh, from Iran which amounts to hundreds of millions of dollars in the case of, of uh, in Gaza and and even more when it comes to what Hezbollah gets in, in Lebanon from them
0: uh, I'll tell you, and, and, and Iran at the same time is having trouble just getting basic water supply to their citizens at this point.
1: They are suffering greatly. The people don't have food, don't have water. They, they, the drought has consumed half the country, and I, I spoke about it several times, many times over the years, because people and our own media pay no attention to this reality and to dissent within the country and to the fact that executions are soaring there and the human rights violations, and yet we still sign a deal that all of a sudden human rights are not so important and that whatever money you give them i don't care what people say it is fungible meaning that you if yeah. you give them from one side they'll that releases money somewhere else because none of this money has gone to the people the 40 percent of the economy is controlled by the supreme leader and on the Iran revolutionary guard so that they take off their slice off the top leaves very little the currency is at all-time lows People are there are shortages of food. You you hear the stories how people are moving into the big cities because the drought has destroyed life in in the other areas. Yep. But more than that, somehow I don't know how they survive when you have such inflation, when you have the, the economic conditions. But I guess they they have gotten used to it and somehow manage.
0: Any reaction now that the uh, the Pittsburgh um, anti-Semitic attack that killed eleven. 11- uh, is now past the uh, trial stage and is entering the penalty phase.
1: Look, I think it's, you know, it's very important that the message get out. I think the fact that they, the defense hardly mounted any evidence, they, they knew it was a, uh, a shut case and, and acknowledged his hatred of Jews. The question is what what efforts are being made, what new laws, what new, effort, uh, new um, restrictions will be put in place to try to prevent You know this from from continuing. Unfortunately, we see that the number of incidents continues at a very high level, and that the and that violence is uh, you know is a component all too often. So, you know the message is is important to remind people about what happened. What. I'm not sure that it's being absorbed in the way that we would hope.
0: Well, death death penalty would, would uh, go a long way in sending a, an important message, but I don't think it's going to be, I don't think realistically it's going to happen, but who knows. Um, we'll see. Am I right or wrong as I read more and more about it that the case against Netanyahu is getting weaker and weaker and weaker?
1: It does appear that uh, the case is uh, getting weaker. You know, the judge said that... Uh, they're not sure they could convict on the, on the, some of the grounds. The um, there is a lot of talk of of a plea bargain. All sorts of deals have been proposed that he would leave the position. He would uh, plead guilty to minor offenses. The, think how much the government of Israel has spent on these prosecutions. And again, if there is true corruption, yeah, it, should be it, out, it should be addressed. If it was another person, they would want to see it addressed as well. But we see that many of the cases are just being dropped or, or not pursued. And I think that the the, the conclusion that, the, that, that their stand is much weaker than it was when all of this was launched, I think, is valid.
0: Finally, I, I know it's hard to do this in two minutes, but I have to ask you, in light of the uh, Biden-Modi meeting, uh, I mean, how, how would you now view the relationship between the U.S. and India, especially vis-a-vis the India-China relationship?
1: I think the India-U.S. relationship is very strong. The uh, economic ties are very deep, by the way, with Israel growing all the time. The, um, you know, there's a pragmatism that's involved in in trying to lessen the tensions with china they have borders with china which are often heated and you have had the military exchanges across it so i think that they look for opportunities to uh, to lessen the tensions and to um uh, this the current tendency with the BRICS arrangement which is brazil also in india china russia That You see how many countries have applied to become part of BRICS, part of the Shanghai Cooperation Council. I think this should be alarming to see how the Rotor Belt Initiative of China is spreading and enables them to leverage their positions in in greater and greater areas, let alone um, I think you're going to see a visit of the Prime Minister of Israel to China. I think you're going to see uh, other steps that the Chinese did not satisfy Abbas's demands and things that he expected them to say or do when he was there. They uh, they they recognize the importance of Israel's you know the high tech exchanges and involvements are are immense. Um, so the the um, you know that it's a very complex. China when do when do... every opportunity to expand their uh, insatiable appetite for energy and now Xi wants to obviously make himself an international figure a uh, uh, a, a place of prominence which he gained because of what he did between Saudi Arabia and and uh, and Iran I I just said one thing I didn't say and you, you raised it several times and that is the the actions and I understand the frustration of people you can never take the law in your own hands you cannot um, look with equanimity when you know I understand the emotions. I understand all of the things that they go about, but it is not the appropriate response, and I don't want it to be left uh, out there without uh, addressing it. That this is uh, it's very harmful to Israel, and and um, the law has to apply. It means a greater law enforcement and other steps to be taken, but not to take law into, into their own hands.
0: When do you estimate this could happen An Israeli um, a leadership uh, visit to China? I mean, we're talking about a, a few weeks from now, we're talking about a half a year from now. Like When do you, when do you think this could happen?
1: I think it's very possible that, uh, I'm sure, uh, if Netanyahu gets an invitation, I don't know if Herzog, but I think if Netanyahu would get an invitation, he would accept it. Uh, China is an important trading partner with Israel and Israel always has to show that it is not limited in its its options and frankly when you see some of the policies adopted by Europeans you see some of the votes in the United Nations continuing um, even though by the way we had a resolution to for the first time to limit the commission of inquiry which came out with its first report and I cited it it's so anti-Semitic, it's so vicious, uh, and it has unlimited budget and timing. The fact that you already have a movement started and people are recognizing how biased the United Nations is and how that, that even they uh, could not remain silent and, and, and had to come out against it.
0: Of course, what else can you say but of course, you know? <laughs>
1: Right. <laughs> Why well, expect anything? But of course, the tendency, the, the, the practice is the opposite. The United Nations continues right. to get there. We saw the, the hearings in Geneva and the statements of the, of the people who lead this, are, who are themselves guilty of anti-Semitic comments. I mean, it, you talk about the, the Fox guarding the Annals. This is the, the most outrageous. And, and I know, again, people dismiss what happens at the UN. It's a mistake. It's a mistake. It influences people, and it justifies. It gives legitimacy to the most vicious groups because they say, what do you mean us? is what the United Nations is saying.
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak again next week.
1: You too. Have a great Shabbos.
0: Malcolm Holmline is uh, vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JMDM.